Coming live from Madrid, Spain is our guest this evening. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through their industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And before I move forward, may I request you to subscribe, follow, like, and comment on whichever platform you're watching or listening to this so on. And today we have Gert Melak, founder and CEO of seoleverage.com, an SEO platform that combines machine learning insights with expert human SEO consulting guidance and services. Welcome to the show, Gert. Hi, thank you very much for having me. Thank you very much indeed. And uh, it's nice to have you. You are my first guest live from Madrid, Spain. And that's a, a special feeling because as I touch new places, it also helps us uh, connect with new ideas and new people, and that brings a lot of value to not only just my Indian audience, but also to an audience uh, across so many other places. So straight to the point, uh, Gert, there are so many businesses and everybody worries about, you know, about Google, how to master Google. And Google is such a vast thing that it is very difficult to, you know, control it or to even master it, but then at least one wants to make the best of it. And how do, does one do that? A lot of businesses, they want to have not just traffic, but also conversions from Google. What, according to you, is Google today, Gert? If I may ask you a basic question, but also a, perhaps a difficult one, uh, because everybody knows it, but still don't know what this uh, baby or man is all about. <laughs> so yeah, definitely, definitely a good and, and but very broad question. Let's let's start somewhere. Um, in marketing, when we have a business, we want to get in front of people, and we want to get in front of the right people at the right time. And what this means is that we want to uh, identify based on different criteria, really based on the platform or the channel you use in marketing. You have different ways of trying to target those people that might be at the moment where 30 years ago we would grab a phone book and find a phone number. Right now we want to be in this moment where somebody actually needs something, right? And so we have social media. Everybody is used from Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever it is. You get those ads and those ads tend to get be really good around and relevant for you around your interests, around what you're looking at, what you're talking about to your friends very often. So they do a really good job. And then you have search engines. So everybody is, I think on average, uses Google three times a day, whatever product Google offers, be it Google Maps, give it a search, be it uh, some other products they offer. So if you think about it, Google really owns a very special moment in our lives. And this moment is when we are ready to, we have taken out uh, to the side a few seconds and we're really going to explore a topic, a person, a place, 
destination, a problem, a possible solution, etc. So whereas on social media, which works really, really well, uh, they kind of need to interrupt us as a user in search. It's really the user coming to search and saying, okay, now I have two minutes. I'm going to check this out. And this is where uh, search marketing is just really, really valuable. Google has uh, really discovered and, and really dominates this, this place uh, almost in all countries in the, on this planet where they have figured out a way to be actually helpful. And this is at the heart of Google's growth. So on the one hand, people talk about this giant, greedy corporation, etc. And I'm not discussing those things, but we need to we need to acknowledge that they have really managed among all the search engines we knew 20 years, 30 years ago. Among all those search engines, Google has been the best in achieving a, a special goal, which is getting the user what they actually are looking for or getting really close to it. Right, right, good. Now, if you, why I asked this basic question was that uh, everybody has to have to do with Google. Without Google, you can't, it's like, almost like God. You got, wherever you are, uh, you have, you find God. And in that same way, wherever, whatever business or business of life and death you have, Google is, uh, is supposed to be needed. Uh, in terms of earlier on, for business especially, all you needed was, when, when you talked of, of online presence, all you thought was in terms of just having a website so that people who want to connect with you, businesses who wanted to connect with you, they could get your phone number, all your details, they can message you and all that. But then there is a whole lot of e-commerce and a lot of other things happen. And then suddenly this whole world called SEO came in. And it confused a lot of people and still confuses a lot of people. At least now more people have heard about this called SEO. A lot of people can't even tell the full form about it, but still they know what is SEO. But they again, instead of focusing on their businesses, now a lot of them are focusing on SEO. And other everybody is telling them, listen, man, without SEO, there is no life on Google. So how does one do things that help their business, then not worry just about traffic, but also that can lead to conversions. Now things have moved from a, just a pace on Google to a place where you actually start conversions, getting more business on Google and just on, from Google itself. And that's the big game that is to, uh, today because a lot of slowdown is happening uh, everywhere and people are looking at different boundaries, different places to get business from. So what would you tell those people to look at Google who are looking at Google with awe, dismay, and even as an opportunity? A lot of things at the same time, but I ask them so that you can answer them at your own pace because you are the expert. So, so a few things. So first of all, we have established that Google has, has the attention in the right moment, right? So... This means the higher we are up on Google, and this is what we need to understand, it's all, it's all about page one. If you're not on page one, you hardly get any traffic. Page two of Google, if you come up there, it's a good sign, but they're not usually extracting traffic nor revenue from such a positioning. So if you come up on page one, every step you make up the ladder on those positionings gives you, gives you approximately 30% of, of additional exposure, so to speak. What this means is that um, 
you really want to make sure that you optimize for a high positioning. We have said Google wants to make users happy. They want to provide the best user experience. So the first thing we really need to know is we need to make sure that our content, the content that we want to put out for users needs to uh, really satisfy a lot of different um, expectations or requirements just based on what else is ranking out there. So I can't push my own agenda. If Google is looking for a product page and I have a long article, it's probably not going to rank because Google knows what people probably want to find. So imagine somebody searching for brown shoes and having a 2000 words article why brown shoes are much better than black shoes. It's not going to rank because Google knows that people typing in brown shoes want to buy. They want to see e-commerce sites. So I need to be really conscious about what is it that Google is actually ranking and see how can I provide my version of this for a start, because this is going to make it more likely that Google is also going to give my own site, my own page here exposure. The second thing that's really important is to pick your battles well. So just because I'm, I'm selling iPhone cases doesn't mean I need to come up there when somebody types in iPhone, probably not even iPhone cases. Maybe somebody typing in iPhone cases, New York City would still have a hard time finding me because we have hundreds or even thousands of iPhone cases stores. There must be something where I need to pick my niche, right? I'm not ranking for SEO. People typing in SEO are not going to find SEO leverage in the first 10 pages, probably because I know my audience and my potential clients are not going to type in SEO. They have different, different issues and I want to give them a solution when they search for those problems. So you really want to identify what is this intent that brings people to Google, has them perform a search where they're really close to an actual purchase probably soon enough and where it's a good moment to get exposed. And one really small hack I tell my clients and have been telling my clients for 20 years is that they just take notes when they get phone calls or have conversations with clients or potential clients. Just take notes and say, what are those first questions people ask? And you're going to see there is a pattern. In every industry, there is a pattern that you can identify where you say the first question is always about this and this. Is this the cost? Then maybe we can answer this question in a piece of content because people might also ask this question to Google directly. Or is this about alternatives? Is this about use cases, is this about case studies or results or testimonials, etc.? There's a lot of content you can build around what we call a user intent. What's the intention behind this search? Try to, to really, I think that the big leverage point in SEO is when you are able to embody your client, your, your, the potential search user. If you're able to embody them when in the moment they open up Google and type in this search, the better you get at this, the better you're going to be able to provide content that's going to resonate with them, that's going to rank because Google checks user signals as well but it's also going to convert conversion, meaning they're going to take the next step. This can be a purchase, but this can also be a request for a proposal. This can be a, a call booking or a download of an ebook. Right, right, good. Now look at the situation. There is first page of Google and there are 5 million agencies which promises different, different people in different uh, sectors, industries, uh, to get them on the first page of Google. What is this first page of Google? Because even if I suppose if I have a website, then that automatically comes at the top. 
and in after some time or some some usage so is there any other first page where it will come up is my website not enough what is this first page and how many people who keep on promising the first page on google can actually make it happen because a first page is only one page how much how much depth or capacity has it has it got uh within itself so mm-hmm. just to understand what is this first page of google okay uh first of all nobody can legitimately promise a first page result this is really important right so if you have 500 agencies you probably can ignore 450 of them that promise specific results they can't right because we don't control google google might have an algorithm even if we had everything figured out today tomorrow google might update their algorithm and change the way they analyze websites etc so so promising results is not a legitimate tactic we have never done this and i encourage everybody to stay away from agencies who do this because they're just lying imagine 11 age there are 10 slots on page 1 if 11 agencies promise a full page 1 at least one is lying right so it's it just doesn't work this way um and one thing i also want to clarify just because you build a website it is not going to come up on page 1 for everybody It okay. might come up on page one for you because Google and Google Chrome, the browser, the history, everything okay. might tell Google that probably you are interested in visiting your website, or people in your office building might see your website come up more often because it's a pattern that can be identified. Okay. You are probably going to come up when searching for your brand name, but you want to really come up for people who don't know you yet. So there is there is okay. a difference between what we call branded searches. which is searches okay. that contain the brand name i'm searching for uh pizza hut or i'm searching for nike or for adidas shoes etc i'm not searching for shoes i'm searching for adidas shoes so for google it makes sense to show adidas as one of the one of the possible options of such a search result this will all be a branded search the user already knows what they want to get what's really interesting in google over the and in SEO where the big leverage is is non-branded searches is people just searching for a solution to their problem and they have no idea who they are going to target or or to uh, to ask for a solution and this is where i want to go in there so if my cart suddenly slows down and the red um engine warning lights shows up this is what i might type into google and i might say car slowing down right and then i find an article that says yeah if the car slows down it might be a sign that something is wrong with your engine uh here's a car repair shop in your area uh from this brand from our brand and you can just go there and they're going to check this out right so you catch people in the moment where they want a solution and then you give them the solution on your site right so this is where we want to really differentiate uh, the page one it's it's the first page there's just one on google and this has up to 10 search results i'm saying up to 10 because we also see google maps sometimes there and people also ask panels the the questions and answers sections etc google is trying to steal a lot of attention by by showing uh some panels here but we have up to 10 sites that can come up on page 1 again this is what we are actually essentially fighting for what we try to optimize for because this is what actually gives the exposure that then can lead to leads and sales right right now you you gave that example of brown shoes suppose somebody searches for brown shoes and a lot of shoe sellers or uh, companies and everybody and men and women and children they type for brown shoes how does google uh, 
decide what goes first in that ranking what will google show to different people at different places suppose within say 100 to 200 kilometer radius okay uh important to know we have very often we talk about google's algorithm the algorithm is not just one thing where we plug in a, a keyword and we get something back out the algorithm okay. contains of consists of different layers okay? okay so over over the years google has just added one layer on top of each other for example if you type in pizza delivery and i type in here in madrid pizza delivery we are going to hopefully get different results okay right? so why because google has one of those layers that define determines where is a user from and if they type in pizza or a food they probably search for delivery so we are going to add like internally maybe the city name where they are located to the search to make sure the results are more relevant so what every what somebody gets is not the same as what somebody else gets so if i brown i type in brown shoes in madrid even if i type in in, in english instead of spanish i'm not going to get a provider from australia because okay. google knows enough to make sure that i get local providers that have maybe come content in english in this case right so this is one thing the second thing is that brown shoes not every every search query is really going to present the perfect results if the search query is generic also the results sometimes are going to be generic so google at this stage doesn't know if you're a man or a woman or a child maybe or maybe they do because you have a gmail profile you're logged into google uh you have uh, login they know your history they know what you talk about with email this is why they cover so many platforms because the more they know about us the better they can serve us if they know where we are living they know where we are working they know where our kids are they know a lot of things about us so if i type in brown shoes at a certain time of the day they have an idea if this is for me for my wife or for for my children possibly as well so they just try to leverage all the information they have in order to provide the best search result right right so one thing is the geography okay let's leave out spain or let's lock talk about my location new delhi yeah. now if i type brown shoes and then there are so many sellers even within this area in new delhi itself so many brands so many small sellers so many local manufacturers of shoes and everybody is almost online mm-hmm. what will google show me first how does google decide what should go high what should go low what am i looking at what should what pleases me does it have more than what i have searched for does it also know about my taste does it know which they don't tell but i don't know you will be able to say does google know more then we know what google knows about us i think i think i believe this is about beliefs i believe google knows more than we want them to know okay. and i do believe google is able to leverage a lot of pieces of information from their own database and probably is connected to other databases as well of apps and tools and whatever can collect data these days because it just makes sense right for a ranking to happen we need to see that it's at the very lowest level everything is around content on the page and links links pointing from other websites to your website why is this important it's important because a link is a vote of confidence it it shows that your website doesn't stand on its own but there are others endorsing you when it comes to shoes right and so your shoe website probably is important where are those people come from are they from new delhi as well are they from mumbai are they from other locations 
where do they come from? How relevant? The more they are from New Delhi, the more they're probably relevant for you to endorse you. And the more they're going to be relevant or you are going to be relevant for users from New Delhi itself. Right. So Google tries to figure out the relevance and figure out who actually backs this brand up. Ultimately, branding is really still important today. The stronger your brand, the more people search for your brand, the stronger you more people refer to you as a brand, etc. the stronger your positioning is going to be. But we need to just really see links from other places inwards into your site, into the different categories absolutely matter. And there's a big difference between some established really big sites which have been actively creating those links and reaching out to sites to get those links over years and years. And some new sites, they might only have brown shoes. They would be specialized and maybe even the best search result. But if nobody links to them, Google is not going to trust them. Google, is, Google will never risk the user experience just because everything else indicates that this is probably a good choice. They will look for backup. Right. Right, good. Now, look at this. How does uh, Google know what exactly, you know, uh, it has it has to show me because for it how does Google differentiate between content uh, because in the name of content it is it can be either text it can be an image then there also you put all text and then you have got videos and and I don't know there are different sort of uh, graphics infographics then you got uh, all sorts of you know GIFs and all all those sort of quick things that people put at like in LinkedIn they say that uh, carousel posts will work better and and some other ways Google I don't know so how does Google read the con read content as I know what content is text and all that stuff but how does Google actually read what I put on my website to rank me higher or lower how does it do that Google, Google has has been really at the forefront of the artificial intelligence movement. So what they try to, first of all, Google sends a program to your website that scans your website. It scans okay. all the pages. We say, we say Google crawls a website. They follow all the links to all those pages. They have mechanisms to then decide whether they want to crawl a page, really index it, meaning putting the information into their database. But ultimately, they really try to understand what is there. And they understand by identifying certain topics and putting them in relation to each other. So if they see come to my website and it says Gerd Melak is an SEO, they understand my name in the meantime because I have been in a few places. They understand the word is, they understand SEO and they are now connecting the dots. I always compare this to the children's game and the newspapers that we used to have when I was young where you connect dot number one to dot number two and dot number three and four and suddenly it is a cat. Right? And you say, hey, mommy, I've drawn a cat. Right? This is what Google is doing. They try to identify those points and they try to make a connection. And the better we are at putting those points in the, in the right way, those dots, and connecting them for Google, the better they're going to see the entire image. On the flip side, if our content is lacking information, Google is not going to be able to understand who this content is for. And this is where we then see really good content pieces sometimes ranking on page 8, page 10 of Google where they don't do anything. And then we start optimizing with our process, with our methodology in order to connect those missing dots so Google can actually figure out 
who this is for and see that this is really a good piece of content. But sometimes we're just missing this because it's not the same as in social media. I have my, my followers and they're going to see this. They're going to understand this because we all talk the same language, so to speak, in this industry. The Google really needs to understand this from scratch. And Google, Google themselves, they try to really make us believe they have no problem at all understanding anything. They are very far ahead, but they still rely on the words of a, on a page. So even if you have a video, even if you have an image on an infographic, we always recommend to accompany it with the suitable text. So if I only read the text, I would have a really good textual version of this. And then the image, the video, the podcast, etc., can be an add-on. Okay. Okay. So now that is where I guess SEO comes in to make sure that your text, is it uh, that your text or your content is so relevant that it gets uh, gets a higher ranking on Google. Am I right? That is where the SEO part it comes definitely, in? It's definitely part of it. It's definitely part of it that we connect those dots for Google so they can, for a start, understand how relevant you are. Okay. So for a general person who has a small website, small e-commerce business, not very big, uh, but just a standalone e-commerce business where somebody is selling, say, handloom or any other product or a local local uh, seller, but has a website and can also ship outside the country. How does it work for them? What should they do uh, in terms of content, SEO? What should they do that it leads to not only higher ranking, but also traffic? And then as, as the topic says, not just traffic, what will I do with the traffic if there is high bounce rate and everybody goes off when there is no conversion? So how do I uh, walk this path from content to website, you know, uh, better grading, uh, uh, higher ranking to better traffic to better conversion to better bank balance? This is the journey that you need to help us in right um there are two two things i believe one is strategy and the second one is process right the second one the process seo takes six eight twelve months in order to start kicking in this is a long-term thing it's like my fitness journey it's not something i go to the gym today tomorrow i'm i'm really full of muscles and i'm happy with my with the shape i am in uh this is a long-term game right a long game always needs a strategy i need to know where do i actually want to come out of this and the long game also needs to make sure that the process the way until we get there is efficient so for the process we have built a software in seo leverage that helps people to identify micro progress on the way and make sure they know that they're heading in the right direction this is as much as we can do it's like my personal trainer in the gym tells me look yesterday you you lifted 20 pounds today you lift 22 pounds i say, ah, i don't, didn't didn't notice but yeah thanks for encouraging me that i'm on the right path we need to do something similar with seo because results take a while right so the process needs to be covered and needs to be optimized in terms of strategy we want to know where are we where do we want to go and i want to say if i'm i'm in india and i have i can ship out and i can um ship out to europe for example what is this client who is going to receive this in europe actually going to expect they expect this in their language probably what are they going to type in when they are starting to research where they could find my product 
or service as an alternative. How does this journey work? And then we want to work backwards. In order for them to find me in my in this language, I need to have a translated version. In order to find this article for this and this thing, they probably the query they probably type in. What do I need to build in order for Google to understand that this is a relevant search result? In order to get a conversion and possibly a sale, what do I need to do? How, how do I need to explain this issue so they see that my product solves this? And what do I need to do in order to make sure they actually uh, consider a purchase because I can ship fast, the shipping isn't too expensive and things like those. So we really want to identify what is the final goal Final goal very often is the purchase, or even some uh, with some people we even start in the referral. What is, what happens before somebody refers me to someone else? Back to the actual content that's being written and positioned on Google. And once you lay the tracks back to where you are right now, you have a very clear roadmap. But you can see this is not something you just uh, write up very quickly. This is a strategy we develop here for our clients in order to make sure that what they do in SEO actually supports them in the overall goal goals. It's not SEO is not going to solve all your business issues. It's just one of the marketing pillars. But this pillar needs to be done right because first of all it's very efficient once it's once it's working. But second it takes a while and the process needs to be in place and we need the resources to this to build it up. Right. But can SEO also lead to conversions because if traffic is coming uh, because of the SEO, then how does conversion work, or is it purely left to the customer? No, the conversion conversion happens when somebody on your website takes the next step. Imagine I, we have a, I have written a book. When they come to to my website, they download the book. This is a conversion for me, right? This requires that somebody finds me, comes to my website, and then downloads something. So what SEO can do is to attract the right kind of client. So somebody looking for an SEO book is going to be much more likely to download my book than somebody searching for SEO services who wants this externalized and doesn't want to bother with SEO. So SEO needs to attract the right kind of audience. And this is why it's so important to track conversions and not traffic. Because SEO, you might have a really good feeling about your SEO. You get tons of traffic, all good. But if you don't get conversions, you're not going to make a sale. So all the investment that seems to be giving a really good return ultimately gives you zero return on investment. You really want to focus on conversions from day one and start tracking, assessing the quality of this extra traffic you now get from an additional channel. Okay. To assess the quality of the traffic and maybe you offer them something that they would be interested to, you know, buy from your website. Is that, is that right? Exactly. Or you just track the behavior. If somebody click comes to an article you have posted and they then click on the contact page on the about page to find out more about you, they're probably more engaged than somebody who doesn't. So I can just at the very early stages, we try to track behavior as conversions because we need to slowly get to the point where they start consuming something, downloading something or raising their hand in any, any other way. Right. Good. So now for a small business. Are there any do's and don'ts that you would recommend for a small business, a consultant, freelancer? Some people who are doing a lot of want to do things themselves, learn about it, know about it, and then see how it goes for them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, we have, we're working with a lot of small, small businesses as well. Uh, there are two things, I guess. One thing is 
to make sure whatever you put out with the intention to be found on Google needs to answer something. I remember a project where, where somebody uh, wrote content for nine years straight, every couple, every week, two articles, but there was not a single piece that ranked well on Google after nine years. So nine years of work where she intended to get this ranking on Google didn't do anything because those pieces of content were unrankable for Google. This was just sharing experience. It was like a diary rather than answering specific things people type into search. So whatever you put out and you want Google to rank it needs to answer something people are probably searching for. If you put something out that, that doesn't answer it, fine, but it's not going to rank. This is the first thing. The second thing is really to uh, make sure that you dedicate some resources every single week to SEO. Don't do SEO like a one-off things where you say, okay, the same time as, uh, as I get my driving license, I get it and then it's done. This is not, it doesn't work with SEO this way. You need to dedicate resources to it. And by the time you dedicate resources to it, you need to be able to track and monitor how this is working. And this was really the origin of our software because we saw a lot of people come in and say, look, I had this agency do SEO for four years and we are still where we are where back then, just that we have spent $20,000 on this right now. How can we do it in a better way? And this is where we created the, the software that actually tells you where you are, what is actually working, what's not working on your site. And then from there, you can define the next action steps that really make sense to execute in the next couple of weeks before you do this again. And this is then a consistent process that really can work. And it's going to make sure that the, the resources, whatever it is that you put on SEO or, or assign to SEO are really worth spend. Right, right, good. So now I suppose a small business has done everything and they are doing such great work. There is conversion traffic and there is enough money now in the bank and they think their life is now running very smoothly. And suddenly Google brings in an update. They change the algorithm. What do they do? They go back to their village and forget about their business. How do they <laughs> tackle with this? How do they tackle with this change? Because it can be very confusing. It is confusing and Google has been coming on with more updates. And along with that, a lot of people are using this artificially intelligent created copyright, copywriting. You know, a lot of content created by artificial intelligence. Google is saying, I won't accept it. But then somebody is saying, how will Google know about it? And then there is, they are still living in that hope. What is your understanding of this whole gamut of Google updates, artificial intelligence? How do people deal with this situation and still be happy forever? Okay. <laughs> uh, not, we don't want anything else than happy, happiness forever with SEO. We try to, to do whatever we can to contribute there. Um, so first of all, Google updates. Google launches updates every single day, but we don't know about them. We just sometimes figure yeah, something must have happened because we see a lot of shifts in the search results on positionings. And then among SEOs, we don't have a feeling something has happened, something major has happened. And then there are updates that Google announces. And they say, look, this is now the helpful content update. And this is what we especially pay attention to. Now, this is the core update where it's a little bit about everything. And we then, what we do as SEOs is in our, in our case, we have a feature on our software that just analyzes the impact. And they say, look, this was the update. You click on the update, you analyze it and say, look, this is your website. This is how it has been impacted. Those are the terms that are now ranking worse. Those are the terms that are now ranking better. Those are the URLs that lose. Those are the winners. So you can assess, okay, now this is a new situation. It's not 
Google doesn't owe us anything. This is really important because for many people, they think, yeah, I've been doing this for 20 years. They should really respect my positioning in the market and my size and my, I don't know what. Google doesn't care, right? So we need to just lose the ego here and just say, okay, this is now this, the new situation. Google has shuffled the cart. This is, let's check what are they looking for now? What is the difference? I'm always interested as an SEO in, in the gap between what my client has on their page and what top ranking sites have on their page. How are they different? Is this Very the content? Point. Is this the way they present it? Is this the entire website maybe much better than mine? Not only this particular page, do they have better links, more authorities pointing to them with a the link so they back them up more? What is it really? And once we have a theory, we can then work on this theory and say, okay, let's close this gap again. Now, I was very close to where top ranking sites were. Now Google has launched an update, has opened up this gap, and I want to close it again. And this is where I need to find the difference. Where am I lagging behind? Because this might be a very good explanation why I lost. The second part is with a consistent process where you continuously optimize your site and your most important articles, for what's happening in Google, chances that you have a huge drop with a Google algorithm update are very low. We haven't had a single client in, in many, many years having a drop with this methodology, just because we are always very, very close, always very close to what's happening with Google. So there's really little reason for Google to drastically shift anything. It's no guarantee. Nobody can guarantee that you never get hit by an update, but it's just part of the game. But the closer you are to what's happening in the market, the less likely you are to have a really important hit. But it's definitely important to analyze it, but also important to always monitor, not only when Google announces an update, but always monitor what is happening because it might just be one of your competitors losing traction. And this is a really important moment for you to catch up and maybe take over the entire positioning as we did multiple times for clients. Right. Okay. And the last question on the use of artificial intelligence mm -hmm. created content for the health of your business in the long run. Yep. How does it Absolutely. Work? Absolutely. Um, AI is, is now everywhere, right? We can create images, we can create text, we can create ad copy, we can create a lot of things with artificial intelligence. And it's really impressive. I have been uh, really analyzing AI for, for quite a few years already and the advances. And if I check, compare the first content that was created and, and how you can now engage with an AI and even maintain a conversation, and it feels really almost real, uh, it's impressive, right? So we attempted to just say, okay, I can hand over everything I don't want to do to an AI. And now this is going to give me exactly back what I need. And then we are losing a lot here. I think AI makes things more efficient. So I, I know content writing agencies, for example, that do not hire junior writers anymore because they say that what the first draft of an AI is good enough for an experienced editor to make a good piece of content out of it. And they see, they see a lot of time saved in research because the AI just gives you already the direction if you tell it roughly what you want and where this is going to be published and how long and which sources, they give you a really good first version already. Google is able with their own AI to identify if something has been written with an AI. The question is, how are they going to react? As of today, it doesn't seem like they really go after sites. There are some experiments out there where the entire site was written by an AI and we monitor those sites. 
it doesn't seem like they really go after that, right? However, I wouldn't build my entire strategy on this because it's like a house of cards. This, this is one of right. those things where, where Google might just trigger in one algorithm. They say, this is the AI update. And now everything that's written by an AI, apparently, is going to stop ranking. So you need at least 70% of handwritten content and 30% might, might be coming out of the ratio at some point. So it's, I wouldn't base a strategy on it. I would use AI to be faster, to work more efficiently. But I wouldn't base my content strategy on AI written content, not today and not next year, because it might just shift. And if you have 150 articles written on your on your site with AI because it was so fast and so quick and so great, um, it might just really backfire. And then you one, from one day to the next, you lose your business. Right, right. So be that as as it may, I think as of now, you have answered a whole lot of questions for us, for our understanding. Girl. And that's very, very useful. And we'll, anybody who wants to understand a lot about what exactly how they can make the best use of Google as of today will certainly uh, benefit from this particular episode. And I'm sure a lot of people will continue to do so for quite a long time. And hope uh, that will happen. Now, in terms of a lot of people who want expert guidance, advice, business understanding, your SEO expertise, how do they connect with you? What is the best way to connect with you? And you are talking about free resources. How do they go to your website? How do they get that? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, just head over to seoleverage.com. Uh, you're going to find uh, there the blog, which has a lot of guidance, a lot of articles. Uh, there's a free book you can download. We have some free checklists, etc. And then if you're really ready and want to want to start uh, looking a little bit closer, you can schedule in a demo with me. I do the demos. We check out your website. Is this a, is this a fit for your site? And what can the tool, the platform actually do in order to make sure that you head off with SEO in the right direction or continue in a much more efficient way than you might have been doing so far? Right, right. I'm sure that will be uh, good good information for a lot of people and a lot of people may want to, businesses especially, as far as pe people from India would like to connect with you. Thank you so much, awesome. Gert. Thank you so much indeed. Thank for you. Your time. Thank, Thank you, you very much for having me. It was a pleasure. Right, right.